Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone in the United States and Canada, and welcome around the world. My name is Kennard Levy, or Levi Brown. I'm your host for the Merciful Service of God Biblical Instructional Program. Uh, today's program is about the children of Israel and the great multitude. I made a mistake last week. I thought I was going to be talking about the seventh seal. Not yet. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the seventh chapter of the book of Revelation. And I'm going to go into a little detail about the children of Israel. Uh, quite a few people are confused about who Israel is. Um, historically and religiously, it's been taught that Israel are just the Jews only. Oh, so whenever you see uh, Israel in the Bible or Jacob or any other words that are related to Israel or Jacob, people automatically assume that is just the Jews. Well, I'm here to tell you that that is an incorrect assumption, and I'm going to prove that to you today in the simplest way that I can. So... Uh, let's jump right into this Bible study. Um, if I do have the time, I will go over um, some uh, significant events that have happened in world news that we need to pay attention to. But right now, let's get right into the Bible study. This is the new format uh, for this program. So we're going to talk about the children of Israel and the great multitude. Um, let's go over the book of Revelation here, Revelation chapter 7. We are doing a, a series on the book of Revelation, I'm unveiling or revealing all that I know about it so that uh, you can better understand this book and apply it in your life and, and realize that uh, there's going to be some bad news on the horizon, but the good news is that uh, this beautiful kingdom, this government that the great God will bring about is coming soon. Uh, hold your place here in Revelation chapter 7. And let's turn to Isaiah chapter 9, starting in verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Verse 7, Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David, or David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And so that's a future prophecy of the coming of the Messiah, and that he will reign on the earth. 
and have God's government on this earth that will supersede and overcome all other previous governments. So let's go back to Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. Now, in verse 1 it says, And after these things, what things? Well, the, 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 the six seals, the six seals, um, and I've gone over what these six seals are referring to. Let me just briefly tell you what they are, and you can go over each program as I spoke about each of these seals. The first seal is religious and secular, outside of religion, deception, controlling type of uh, uh, deception, uh, which involves, um, in many cases, the military force, to force you to believe something, to force you to um, to adhere to certain laws and regulations that you don't want to normally adhere to, but if a gun is pointing to your head or <laughs> if there's some other kind of force, of course you're going to, to do it, right? Well, most people would anyway. Uh, the second seal is war all kinds of war, whether well, it's uh, geopolitical war or war within your family, uh, war among uh, churches, uh, people can't get along. Uh, that's been going on throughout history. The third seal uh, is economic instability. The fourth seal uh, talks about the combination of all the, the three seals that I just mentioned, uh, of course, all that will cause pestilence or disease, which will end in one-fourth of the population of the world wiped out. That's the fourth seal. Uh, the fifth seal is the, the tribulation period. Uh, it's talking about uh, the initiation of the tribulation. I've explained that to you in the, uh, the program that I did on the fifth seal. The sixth seal is still a part of the tribulation. It's the heavenly signs part of the tribulation. And it's a warning that the day of the Lord, the great day of his wrath is coming or is near. So that's what the sixth seal is. Now, let's go to the seventh chapter of the book of Revelation. And it says, and after these things, in other words, after these six seals, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. So these angels are, were positioned uh, north, south, east, and west of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. So these angels were commissioned by God to hurt the earth and the sea, folks. All right? And this is before the seventh seal, so I want you to understand that. This is an interruption here because he wants to protect uh, those who are worthy to, to escape all these things. That's, that's what he's doing right now, uh, physically escape these things. And then he talks about sealing the tribes. I'm not going to read all this, but uh, I read a few of them. It says in verse 3, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees. And so what's going to happen when these seven trumpets, as you see, the, the, the seventh seal initiates the seven trumpets. And these seven trumpets are going to hurt the earth, the sea, 
and the trees. But in verse 3 it says, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the seed nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And then verse 4, and John said, I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. I mean, many, there's been many articles and I think some books written about who people think that the 144,000 is. They think it's symbolic and all that. Well, I'm just going to go by what the Bible says here. It says that there's 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Now, there are people saying that there's no longer 12 tribes of Israel, but God says, I totally disagree with you. Again, this book, the majority of this book is about the day of the Lord. And God is telling you that in the 21st century, those 12 tribes still exist in some form or fashion. Uh, the fact that he's sealing 12,000 of each tribe tells you that. Uh, the tribe of Judah, Asher, Simeon, Zebulun. Uh, Benjamin, Joseph, Levi, Nephitalim, Gad, Reuben. So all these are, are being sealed. Of course, Dan is, Dan is not listed there. Um, the, 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 I need to do further Bible study on, on understanding why some people feel that the anti Messiah will come from the tribe of Dan. That's the reason why it's not listed. I don't know about that. I have to do more study, but the the main thing that you need to understand is that God knows who these tribes are, and he is He is uh, certainly sealing those that were worthy of those tribes to escape uh, the terrible things uh, that will occur uh, during uh, the seven trumpet plagues, okay, so uh, during the tribulation. So uh, that's what he's doing right now. He is sealing, sealing or protecting. I mean, right now in the story flow of the book of Revelation, he's protecting 12,000 of each of those tribes from uh, devastation of the earth, the trees, and the sea, which the seven trumpets will do. All right? So uh, that, that's what he's doing. And then in verse 9, he says, After this I behold and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and psalms in their hands, or palms in their hands, rather. And verse 10, And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sits upon the throne and upon the Lamb. Many people struggle with who is the great multitude. Well, if you just believe your Bible, it tells you who they are. Uh, I'm going to read this to you in a minute. Uh, we know, first of all, that the great multitude consists uh, of a great population of people on the earth, and they consist of all nations and, and kindreds and peoples and tongues. And they stood before the throne and before the Lamb. This is literal. It's telling you this is what happened. They stood before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. In verse 10, And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And so the God which sits upon the throne is the Father. And the Lamb, or the Son of God, sits at the right hand of the Father. Verse 11, and that was explained in the Bible study that I gave uh, on this program. You can look in the archives, Revelation chapter 4 and 5. Revelation 7, verse 11. And all the angels stood around about the throne, and the elders and the, and the four beasts, and fell before the throne in their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. 
verse 13, and one of the elders answered, saying unto me, here's the interpretation of the great multitude, if you want to believe it. What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? In verse 14, and I said unto them, sir, you know. And he said unto me, these are they which came out of great tribulation. I don't know if they came protected or, or, or they were killed or whatever. I don't know. I'm just going by what the scriptures say. <clears throat> it says, these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So the great multitude are those that experienced a great tribulation and they came out of great tribulation. All right? Verse 15. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his their future uh, outcome. Because they came out of tribulation and during the tribulation they obviously repented. Because in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 9, it says, When your judgments are upon the earth, then the people will learn righteousness. And, and that's, that, that is what's happening here uh, as far as the great multitude is concerned. It's a fulfillment of that Isaiah 26, verse 9 prophecy. Verse 16 of Revelation chapter 7, They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. Verse 17, For the Lamb which is in the middle of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them into living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. So these people will certainly be in the kingdom of God, those that repent during the Great Tribulation. That's the understanding of this. All right, so let's get back to who the children of Israel is, because that's going to be the major uh, theme of the rest of this program here. Uh, many people struggle with this, and... and uh, if you just open your Bible and read it, you won't be struggling about who Israel is, folks. Uh, I have people even in the Messianic uh, Hebrew Roots movement that don't understand who Israel is, unfortunately. And and if they just get all their preconceived paradigm or models out of their mind and just be willing to be open-minded, they can figure it out. I mean, God has, has made it not extremely simple but simple if you just want to believe what he says he lists certain characteristics of our people in the end times to help you identify i feel in not a real difficult way of who israel is all right so i'm going to make an attempt here to um help you identify him in a simple way all right first of all let's understand something uh the great prophet Abraham, or Abraham, he, uh, many people don't realize that God called him a prophet. He was a prophet as well. Well, his, um, his grandson, or his uh, descendant, uh, Jacob, and his name was changed to Israel, he prophesied tribes in the 21st century or the end times. Let's look at Genesis, Genesis chapter 49. Genesis chapter 49. Starting in verse 1, he says, And Jacob, uh, which also his name was Israel, called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days or, or the latter days or, or the, the 21st century. Um, Gather yourselves together and hear you sons of Jacob and hearken unto Israel your father. So his name is Jacob, but also his, his name also is Israel. And so he describes certain characteristics to help you identify each of these tribes uh, in Genesis chapter 49. Now, I don't have time to go over each of these tribes and tell you who they are today, 
um, maybe in, in, in uh, programs in the future I would do this, but you need to do some study on this. And let me give you a reference, um, a free reference. You can buy his books if you want, but he has enough information on his website for you to prove uh, who Israel is today. Go to Yer Davidi's website. It's www.britam.org. That's www.britam.org. I give him a plug almost every program, basically, because uh, this guy is an Orthodox Jew, and he certainly uh, has proven, not just through the Bible, but also outside sources, that Israel consists of, incredibly, the United States, the British Commonwealth of Nations, the countries in Northwestern Europe, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and, of course, the little land of Israel in the Middle East. So that may sound incredible, it may sound ridiculous, but it isn't, folks. You just need to go and prove this for yourself. Uh, org. Of course, any people outside those regions who believe in, in Jesus being their Savior and, and, and uh, they believe that he is their master, then, of course, they will be grafted into the commonwealth of Israel. Okay, so, so we understand that uh, the patriarch Jacob, or Israel, prophesied what would happen to the 12 tribes in the end time. Not only did he do that, also Moses did it in Deuteronomy chapter 33. You can read that uh, for yourself. And he also gives certain characteristics about these tribes that help you identify them. But, but your Davidi has beautifully identified it and done the work, legwork for us. <laughs> so um, basically, I want to go to Isaiah chapter 1. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 1. And there's some information that year, Ashley, uh, I communicated with him in preparation for this program. And he gave me some helpful information here. Uh, many people laugh and scorn the idea that uh, the name British has really nothing to do with identifying who is a part of Israel. And, of course, me and him both disagree with that. And uh, we, he sent me some information and I'm going to talk about today, if I can locate it here, uh, about um, the name British and what it means. And Brit means covenant in Hebrew, and Ish means man. And he uh, certainly answered this question. He uh, did a video on it, and also he emailed me uh, a response to my email uh, when I was asking him a question about this. Because this is a this is the one thing that people they try to to say. Okay, well, uh, British is not a Jewish it's not a Jewish name, so that means that uh, the whole idea that the British people could have something to do with um, Israel is false. Well, that doesn't mean that, folks. You have to really look into this, and you have to look into um, the history, 
you have to look at a lot of other factors before you make that assumption. And these, of course, are people that are willing to anyway discount the whole idea in the first place. So uh, you, you can't be too quick to discount something. You, you have to take a look at everything before you, you make uh, your conclusions. And I, I know with this, with this particular topic, uh, is I, I don't know, the people just think that it's just something that, that this could not be true. And I think the greatest assumption, though, is the fact that is the fact that uh, all the uh, tribes of Israel came back from Israel. Came, I mean, came back from the captivity after 586 um, A.D. and that just did not occur. And you have to to look at um, the right sources to be able to tell whether or not uh, that occurred. So um, I'm trying to find a link here. Here we go. They gave it to me right here, and I'm just going to pull it up. And this is what his, this is what his response was. Uh, he said, the word British in Hebrew means covenant man. It is related to the expression Brit Am, meaning covenant of the people. Um, if you look at Isaiah 42, verse 6, Isaiah 49, verse 8, uh, that is related to what your Davides organization, Brit Am, if you look at Isaiah 42, verse 6, and Isaiah 49, verse 8, that's what it's referring to. He says these verses refer to the ten tribes and their places of exile. They help identify the British Isles as a major center of the lost ten tribes. Let's take a look at those verses here. Isaiah 42, verse 6. Isaiah 42, verse 6. Isaiah 42, verse 6. It says, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light to the Gentiles. And that's what Israel should be. We should be a light to the Gentiles. And then the other um, verse, the other verse is uh, Isaiah 49, verse 8. Isaiah 49, verse 8 says, Thus says the Lord, In an acceptable time have I heard thee, and in a day of salvation have I helped thee, and I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth and, the, and inherit the desolate heritage. Uh, covenant in Hebrew is Brit, Am. Uh, that's where they get that concept from. Now, this is the um, the actual email that I wrote him. I wrote him, hello, Yar. First of all, I appreciate the work you do to educate people on the identity of the 12 tribes. As you know, this is a topic of much confusion and misunderstanding. I have purchased some of your books. Many Jews and Christians simply don't understand all the Jews are not Israel, and they think that all the 10 tribes came back with Judah 70 years after 586 B.C. So whenever they see Israel or Jacob in the Bible, they think it is always referring to the Jews only. So and that, that's, that's the problem. And I just read some of what the email that, that I sent him, and he responded as far as the, uh, the etymology 
of uh, the word British, and I asked the question, is the term British really Hebrew? Does it truly mean covenant man? It says the term, this is what he had uh, written here. It says the term British is derived from the name Britain. British means something or something deriving from Britain. It is an adjective or, or adjective. The word is comprised of two sections. Brit-ish. Brit means, stands for Britain. Ish is the suffix meaning part thereof or pertaining to. It is not a Hebrew word, but is two sections having meaning in Hebrew. Brit means covenant. Ish means man or pertaining to or part thereof. It has the same meaning as the English suffix ish. We would say the intention of the word is not and never was to impart the meaning of its sections in Hebrew, but such a meaning does exist. Let me uh, underscore that. The intention of the word is not and never was to impart the meaning of its sections in Hebrew, but such a meaning does exist. Background in Isaiah 46, uh, verse 6, and Isaiah 49, verse 8, the lost ten tribes in their places of exile refer to the Hebrew Bible as Brit Am. Brit Am means a covenant Brit of the people. That's what Brit Am means in Hebrew. Brit Am means a covenant Brit of the people. And Brit Am is identified in Hebrew in Isaiah 42, verse 6, and Isaiah 49, verse 8. Now, Britain was referred to in the past as Britannia, as B-R-T-A-M-M-I-A, Britannia. This is very close to the Hebrew Britam. This may be one of those coincidences that frequently occur and have great significance. All right, so he says what we wrote in our commentary on Isaiah, and uh, I already quoted you Isaiah 42, verse 6, but when, when you get to the part where it says covenant of the people, that's what Brit Am is. It says the covenant of the people in the Hebrew Brit Am, Israel would be a Brit Am. In the Middle Ages, Britain was sometimes referred to as Britannia. The rabbinical commentator Malbim says that Brit Am means Israel. So this is a rabbinical commentator uh, called Malbim, M-A-L-B-I-M. This is why we chose the name Brit-Am for our organization. Brit-Am represents the lost ten tribes returning. Other reasons were that Brit-Am hints at Britain. Many of those to whom we direct our message originated from British or Irish stock. Our friend Cecil Davis pointed out that Brit-Am can also be understood as a shortened way of saying Britain and America, which is pretty interesting, right? Uh, in the Bible, Brit-Am is described as a light to the Gentiles, Isaiah 42, verse 6, on the whole LTTs have instructed and enlightened other nations. All right? So, it says, The covenant of the people, Britain, Britain, to establish the earth, or in the Hebrew, to found a country, uh, the USA, the state of Israel, to cause to inherit the desolate heritages. British can also mean belonging to the Brit or man of the Brit. In Hebrew, Brit means covenant. Ish means man or belonging to, and so it is employed in medieval Hebrew. It is true that in biblical Hebrew, as we know it, you would not probably say British, but maybe rather Ish Brit. But this is not so certain in any way. There may have been uh, dialectical alternatives or, as archaeological evidence is indicating. The suffix Ish, meaning belonging to English, equals ing, or characteristic of, exists in English and is probably derived from the Hebrew. Examples of this suffix includes English, Spanish, Flemish, Polish, Biggish, foolish, childish, selfish, unselfish, and clannish, etc. Incidentally, in our work, Lost Israelite Identity, we identified the so-called sea peoples with Israelites. This claim of ours has been strengthened by much additional evidence. 
At the least, it is now generally accepted in academic circles that a good portion of the so-called sea peoples originated in the land of Canaan, in biblical Israel. One of the proofs we used was that the names employed by the Egyptians for these peoples used the suffix ish or something similar, e.j., similar, uh, or e.g., rather, Sakarish, Isakarish, Equish, Teresh, Talish, Asurish, Uasharash. In this case, the suffix ish would mean man of or belonging to and would be derived from the way these people refer to themselves. So, you know, it's so much proof, folks. I can continue to read all this, but you need to go to this yourself and, and, and really study this. And you can actually type in the Hebrew meaning of British and related words in Google, and uh, something should pop up, and you should be able to uh, view this information that I'm viewing because I don't have the time to really go over this in detail. I want to go specifically toward, I want to actually promise that I would be able to prove to you who Israel is in a simple way, and I'm getting ready to do that right now. I just wanted to go over the the big argument that some people have in, in this movement, in the Hebrew Roots movement, and outside of it to try to prove or disprove that British does not have anything to do with um, the fact that the British people are a part of Israel. So anyway, Isaiah chapter 1. And I may go a little over today. I have about 14 minutes, so I'm just letting you know. And if I do, just listen to this, the rest of this program uh, in its entirety in the, archi- in, in the archives. So um, Isaiah chapter 1, starting in verse 1, it says, The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzzah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, king of Judah. Verse 2, now this is interesting because obviously God wants the whole world to know about this. In verse 2 he says, hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. So this is really important, so let's pay attention. So hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. Verse 2 of Isaiah chapter 1. For the Lord hath spoken, it's not canard, it's the Lord speaking. I have nourished and brought up children, the children of Israel, and they have rebelled against me. So, unfortunately, the first thing that's coming out of his mouth, and the, uh, this is an end-time prophecy, is that he has taken care of the children of Israel, and yet they have rebelled against him. The majority has. Verse 3 says, the ox knows his owner. So, in other words, the ox knows who his owner is, and he has his master's crib. So he's comparing the ox knowing his owner, and he's comparing the ass knowing his master's crib, to the fact that Israel does not know. My people does not consider. So that's the dichotomy there. He's saying that an ox knows his owner and he has, knows his master's crib, but Israel doesn't know his owner or his master's crib, which is God himself. They don't understand God. And I know, you know, the um, the people that try to say that uh, uh, Israel's not lost and knew their identity I agree. They may have known, or more than likely, they knew their identity back in the first century, uh, the ten tribes that were scattered. But this is a prophecy, folks. It's talking about the end times. Uh, The fact that I'm talking on this program, the people that doubt seriously that uh, the United States and the British Commonwealth of people in the countries of Northwestern Europe, Austria, uh, South Africa, uh, New Zealand, uh, the little... Uh, well, actually, most people, yeah, most people understand that Jews are a part of Israel. But 
those other regions, they don't. The fact that I'm I'm here plead with you and, and convince you through the scriptures and the outside sources that Israel consists of those other geographical areas tells you and only confirms this prophecy that Israel does not know their owner and they don't know they don't consider who they really are. Like an ox knows his owner and an ass his master's crib. Okay? And so Today, certainly, uh, most American citizens don't know that they're a part of Israel. And so they have lost their identity in that way. They don't know that they are descendant of Israel today. And in verse 4, it says, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel into anger. They are gone away backward. Verse 5, why should you be stricken anymore? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick. The whole heart is faint. And this government is sick, folks. The head of this country is sick. The fact that our president, unfortunately, is encouraging homosexual unions and the gay lifestyle and same-sex marriage tells you that the whole head is sick. And the whole heart is faint. Verse 6, from the soul, the foot, even into the head, there is no soundness in it but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not clothed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Verse 7, your country, and this is what's going to happen. We're already spiritually desolate, but we're going to be physically desolate if we don't repent. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burnt with fire. Your land, strangers devour it. Yes, they do. Chinese and and other foreigners come over here and, and consume our resources. Devoured in your presence and is desolate as overthrown by strangers. Verse 8, and the daughter of Zion, which is the the uh, modern descendants of those that came out of the city of Jerusalem, which the twelve tribes did, is left as a cottage in the vineyard, as a lodge in the garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Verse 9, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. In other words, all... <laughs> Those areas will be destroyed. It would have been destroyed if there wasn't a very small remnant that actually did keep uh, the commandments, which the Book of Revelation reveals is, is 144,000 of all the tribes of Israel were were protected. So that's the very small remnant. Verse 10, very small remnant. Verse 10, out of all the millions of uh, people uh, that's a part of modern Israel today. Verse 10, hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. So he's calling our people. We are similar to Sodom and Gomorrah, ladies and gentlemen. That's what he's saying. And Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 10. It states, And it shall be, when the Lord thy God shall have bought thee into the land which he swore unto thy fathers, this is the Shema, I know the Jews are listening to me. You're familiar with this. A part of the Shema, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which you built not. Verse 11, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, and vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Verse 12, therefore... Then beware that not thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You forget the Lord, folks, by disobeying him. 
And that's what has happened. We, our people, have forgotten the Lord. And in Romans, Romans, chapter 10, states this He's in verse 1. This is Shaul, or Paul, talking. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel, and these are all the twelve tribes, not just the Jews, that they might be saved. Verse 2, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Verse 3, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, they have not submitted themselves into the righteousness of God. And see, and, and that's our people's problem. We, 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 just, we just don't want to obey him. We have access to his words, as, as I'm going to explain to you here in, in a few minutes. But Isaiah 58, verse 1 says, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sins. And I get persecuted because I do that, and people get mad at me because I do that. Verse 2, Yet they seek me daily, and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice, and they take delight in approaching to God. And so, you know, God is saying, hey, uh, you know, you're seeking me, but you're not seeking me in the right way. They, you know, they do it every Sunday. Today is Sunday, and they go to the church and so forth, but, but they're not obeying him in the right way. That's what he's saying here. Okay, so what are the characteristics of the children of Israel? I promise you that I would help you to identify Israel in a simple way. Well, one of the characteristics is, is that we, um, our peoples, are obese. And to get the background to this, I, I want to explain something here. And, uh, yes, this program will have to extend here because this is very important and I have to make sure I explain this to you in a clear way. And so this program will go off the air in approximately five minutes, but uh, I'm still going to go on for another 15, maybe 20 minutes, and then afterwards, please uh, review the program in the archives. It'll probably, I'll probably be through about um, 11 o'clock or earlier than 11 o'clock, maybe 10.45, no, um, yeah, 11 o'clock or 11.15, and then it should be ready uh, for you to listen to at 11.30. Because this is a very important topic, and I, I want to make sure that uh, I give you what, what you need so that you can understand uh, who Israel is today. Okay. So Deuteronomy chapter 31. Let's turn there. Deuteronomy chapter 31. starting at verse 16. So I'm going to give you a little background uh, before I uh, read some of the prophecy of Deuteronomy chapter 32 to you. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 16. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, and this people will rise up and go a-whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land, whether they go to be among them and will forsake me and break my covenant which I have made with them. So here the great God is telling Moshe or Moses, that he knows that the children of Israel will rebel against him. Verse 17, Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured, and many evils and troubles shall befall them. 
so that they will say in that day, Are not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us? Verse 18, And I will surely hide my face in that day for all the evils which they shall have wrought. And we're going to get into a little discussion here what those evils are that he's uh, hiding his face from. Um, and that they are turned into other gods. Verse 19, Now therefore write ye this song, and this is a prophetic, this is really our true national anthem for all those areas, folks, around the world. For Canada, for the United States, for the British Commonwealth of Nations, for the countries in Northwestern Europe, for Australia, for New Zealand, for South Africa, and for Israel, the little country of Israel. And I will surely hide my face in that day for all the evils which they shall have wrought, and that they are turned into other gods. Verse 19, Now therefore write ye this song for you, and teach it to the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths. The children of Israel consist of the twelve tribes of Israel, folks. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. Verse 20, For when I shall have brought them into the land which I swore unto their fathers, that floweth with milk and honey, we have plenty of resources, and they shall have eaten and filled themselves, and all those regions around the world, is we have plentiful milk and honey. And they, and, and they shall have eaten and filled themselves and waxen fat, and as you'll see, one of our characteristics is that we are an obese and overweight people. Then they will turn into other gods and serve them and provoke me and break my covenant. And so one of the penalties or one of the setbacks to being overweight is that you have a tendency to get lazy uh, mentally and physically, and you, you, you forget about God. You forget about him. He's telling you that. He's, he's associating of forgetting him with obesity. He says right here, And they shall have eaten and filled themselves and waxen fat. <laughs> waxen fat. <laughs> then they will turn into other gods. That's, that's one of the uh, curses of being fat. It, it really doesn't encourage you to, to really be in the God because your fat belly is, is telling you that your God is food. <laughs> and that's what you you you're you're overdoing it, and that's the majority of people that are they're obese. There's exceptions. Uh, there may be some glandular problem, or whatever. But the majority of people that are fat, they overeat, and that is their God. Whatever controls you is your God. Whatever you can't, whatever uh, dominates and, and influences you to, whatever is your slave, that's your sin. Uh, that that's your God. So. I just hope I, I'm explaining that to you in a clear way. So going back to this again, in verse 20, For when I shall have brought them into the land which I swore unto their fathers, that floweth with milk and honey, and they shall have eaten and filled themselves, and waxen fat, then they will turn unto other gods and serve them, and provoke me and break my covenant. Yes, uh, being obese can certainly encourage you to, to break God's commandments, folks. Verse 21, And it shall come to pass, when many evils and troubles are befallen them, that this song shall testify against them as a witness, for it shall not be forgotten out of the mouths of their seed, for I know their imagination which they go about even now, before I have brought them into the land which I swear. So there's about uh, 29 seconds left. Um, so I'm going to continue on uh, with the program, uh, but I'm going to be going off the air now for those who are listening to me. 
and then I encourage you to, to come back later on around 11.30, maybe 11.45, and listen to the entirety of this program. This is a very important program for you to listen to. All of them are, but this one really is important. Shalom. Peace. I'm in the recording stage of the program. Uh, we're going to continue on with uh, Deuteronomy, uh, chapter 31. And verse 21, it says, And it shall come to pass, when many evils and troubles are befallen them, that this song shall testify against them as a witness, for it shall not be forgotten out of the mouths of their seed. For I know their imagination, which they go about, even now, before I have brought them into the land which I swear. In verse 22 of Deuteronomy chapter 31, Moses therefore wrote this song the same day and taught it to the children of Israel. In verse 23, And he gave Joshua the son of Nun a charge and said, Be strong and of good courage, for thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land which I swore unto them, and I will be with thee. In verse 24, And it, and it came to pass when Moses had made an end of writing the words of this law in the book, that they were finished, until they were finished. Excuse me, let me drink some water here. I'll be right back. that Moses commanded the Levites, or Levites, which bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, saying, Take this book of the law and put it in the side of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there for witness against thee. Verse 27, For I know thy rebellion and stiff neck. So that's another characteristic, that we are very rebellious people and we're very stubborn. We don't want to do the right thing unless there's a catastrophe or, or, or Katrina or a hurricane coming our way. That's just the way we are. For I know thy rebellion and thy stiff neck. Okay? We're very rebellious people and we're stubborn. Behold, while I am yet alive with you this day, you have been rebellious against the Lord and how much more after my death. So this is what Moses states to them. And they're inspired words of God. Verse 28 of Deuteronomy chapter 31. Gather unto me all the elders of your tribes and your officers that I may speak these words in their ears and call heaven and earth to record against them. Verse 29, for I know that after my death you will utterly corrupt yourselves and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you. In other words, they will forget the Lord. So whenever you sin, you're forgetting the Lord. And evil will befall you in the latter days, the days of the 21st century, folks. Um, certainly the days of the 21st century. Because ye will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. And in verse 30 of Deuteronomy chapter 31, And Moses spoke in the ears of all the assembly of Israel, or the children of Israel, the words of this song until they were ended. So this is a prophecy. So let's take a look at a little bit of it. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 1 states plainly, Give ear, O ye heavens, again, just like in Isaiah uh, chapter 1 verse 2, he wants everyone to listen to this, those that are in the heavens and in the earth. So Deuteronomy 32, verse 1, Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. All right? Now, I want to skip down to, uh, to verse 9. It says, For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance, or Israel, the children of Israel. Verse 10, He found him in a desert land. And in a waste, howling wilderness, he led him about, he instructed him, and kept him as the apple of his eye. Verse 11, as an eagle stirred up her nest, fluttered over her young, spread abroad her wings, taketh them, and bearing them on her wings. Verse 12, so the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. Verse 13, he made him ride on the high places of the earth, 
the highest places of the earth, obviously, that he might eat the increase of the fields, and he made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. So in these areas around the world, we have quite a bit of oil. Verse 14, butter of kine and milk of sheep with fat of lambs and rams of breed of Bashan and goats and the fat of kidneys of wheat. And thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. Verse 15, here we go with the obesity problems. But Jezreel waxed fat, calls Israel, nicknamed Jezreel, waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxing fat. Thou art grown thick. So he's, he's wanting you to understand that one of the common characteristics of the people of Israel, folks, is that we're overweight people. And I'm going to prove that to you through statistics. Thou art waxing fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God, which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of salvation. So our God is telling us obesity can cause us to forget him, folks. That's what he's telling us. All right? You probably never heard this before, but I'm telling you this. Now, this website, frac.org, frac.org, Food Research and Action Center. If you look at the article, Overweight and Obesity in the United States, it states the following. Obesity rates have more than doubled in adults and children since the 1970s. This is based on the National Center for Health Statistics 2009. While recent estimates suggest that the overall rates of obesity have plateaued or even declined among uh, some groups, obesity is widespread and continues to be a leading public health problem in the United States. Now, it says in the United States, 68% or almost 70%, 68.5% of adults are overweight or obese. 34.9% are obese. Overweight means you're overweight. Obese really is you're extremely overweight. So almost 70% or 68.5% to be exact, 68.5% of adults overweight or obese. That's sad. That's, uh, that's six out of ten people. Every ten people you have six that are overweight, almost Seven out of every ten people are overweight, folks. Um, it's sad. I mean, this, this is really, really sad. It's really sad. It says more than two-thirds, that's, um, two-thirds, that's 60, 60%, 68.5% or 66% of uh, U.S. adults are overweight or obese. In general, rates of overweight and obesity are higher for African-American and Hispanic women than Caucasian women, higher for Hispanic men than Caucasian and African-American men, higher in the South and Midwest and tend to increase with age. But still, there's quite a few people that are obese. It says recent national data show that 82% of black women and 77.2% of Hispanic women are overweight or obese compared to 63.2% of white women. That's still huge for, for Caucasians. It says extreme obesity continues to be higher among women. So anyway, uh, than men. So anyway, I was just reading this to you. You can, you can look at the charts here uh, and look this up for yourself. But I think I've proven to you that our peoples um, are so certainly obese. And I've also proved to you that God knows the end from the beginning. <laughs> and so that's one of the, unfortunately, one of the traits of our people. We're overweight and obese people. Six, almost seven out of every ten people are obese. And also, 
Here's another fact. Uh, this is based on a Wikipedia article, Obesity in the United States. It says, Obesity in the United States has been increasingly cited as a major health issue in recent decades. While many industrialized countries have experienced similar increases, obesity rates in the United States are among the highest in the world. Obesity rates in the United States are among the highest in the world. The United States had the highest rate of obesity for large countries. Uh, even among the uh, New Zealand, Austria, United Kingdom, Ireland, all part of the tribes of Israel, the United States leads of all those areas of obesity, unfortunately. And until recently, uh, the United States had the highest rate of obesity for large countries, Mexico now. But Mexico certainly does not uh, match all the characteristics of identifying who the children of Israel is, as as I'm going to tell you here, or reveal to you in a minute. Okay. So that's one of now. We also have the best resources, which Mexico does certainly pales in comparison to the United States and, and the British Commonwealth of People and Canada and the countries of Northwestern Europe, Austria, New Zealand, and South Africa and Israel, all their natural resources. They don't have the natural resources that those other areas have. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 33, starting in verse 13. Deuteronomy 33, verse 13, And of Joseph, he said, Blessed of the Lord be his land. All the tribes of Israel were blessed, but Joseph, which consists of Ephraim and Manasseh, and I don't have time to prove this, but Ephraim and Manasseh consist of the, the United States and British Commonwealth of Nations. Uh, in verse 13, And of Joseph, he said, and you can get this information from uh, Yer Davidi's website, Britham.org, And of Joseph, he said, Blessed of the Lord be his land for the precious things of heaven, for the dew, and for the deep that couched beneath, and for the precious fruits brought forth by the sun, and for the precious things put forth by the moon, and for the chief things, the chief things of the ancient mountains, and the precious things of the lasting hills, and for the precious things of the earth and fullness thereof, um, and for the good will of him that dwelt in the bush, let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph, and upon the top of the head of him that was separated from his brethren. His glory is like the firstling of the bullock, and his horns are like the horns of unicorns. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth, and they are the ten thousands of Ephraim, the British Commonwealth, and they are the thousands of Manasseh, which uh, is the uh, United States. And, uh, again, you need to go to uh, org uh, for information on that. I don't have the time to go into detail to identify all um, those tribes. So, but... You need to go to that. Um, he has a book that certainly identifies all the tribes for you, but I'm going to briefly tell you who each of these tribes are uh, to whet your curiosity. Uh, Ephraim is Britain. Manasseh is the United States. Reuben is France. Simeon are scattered. Some are in Wales. Uh, Levi, they're scattered with the Jews. They, they merge in with the Jews. Uh, Yehuda or Judah are the Jews of Judah, Issachar, Swiss, and the Finns, Zebulun are the Netherlands today, Gad is Sweden, Asher is Ireland, Benjamin are with the Jews, Dan, uh, the Dan, Danites and the Celts, or Denmark, Naphtali are the Norwegians. Okay, so that those are the where those tribes are located today geographically. 
based on his um, latest book, The Tribes, the fourth edition. Okay, so, as you note here, as far as Manasseh or Britain and the United States, they, they had the best, and they still have the best today, particularly the United States. And here's another prophecy in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 2, plates, uh, it states plainly here about Jacob. Isaiah 2, verse 5, or Israel, the children of Israel. Or house of Jacob, come ye and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Therefore thou hast forsaken thy people, the house of Jacob, because they be replenished from the east, and their soothsayers, like the Philistines, like God said, that they would rebel, and they please themselves in the children of strangers. Verse 7, their land, and they do. I mean, we, we make deals with China and, and uh, Russia and, and, and other, um, other nations uh, are really investing in our, in our lands and in, in our property. And our wealth, verse 7, their land also is full of silver and gold. The United States and the British Commonwealth and nations is full of silver and gold and the other areas. Neither is there any end of their treasures. Their land is full of horses. Neither is there any end of their chairs or military armaments. Uh, so we have quite a bit of uh, uh, wares, so to speak. Okay, So we, we have quite a few things. Um, we just have a lot of things. All right? Full of horses, full of carriages. Uh, we we have plenty of. Um, I'm just trying to, <laughs> uh, in, in a simple way, explain to you how blessed we are. Uh, we're, we're so blessed, and, and we we have quite a few uh, military armaments. We we're, we're full of horses. There's no end to our carriages. Um, and that's the description of Israel today. That's that's the description of Israel today. So, and 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 let me ask you a question: Which country has the has the most powerful military in the world, or one of the most powerful militaries in the world? The United States, obviously. And we have more wealth than Russia, and so this verse certainly is identifying Israel. In particular, is identifying the power of the United States. Verse 8, their land is also full of idols. Uh, we have a, a show called American Idol. Uh, they worship the work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. And we certainly do that today, don't we? So, getting back to, I hope a clear picture is coming. <laughs> it should. Now, so we're, uh, we, we have great obesity in those regions with the United States leading all the other uh, regions there. Uh, we have the best resources with the United States, again, leading all those other regions. Uh, we have access to the words of God. Uh, Psalm 147, verse 19 to 20 proves this. Psalm 147. Psalms 147. Beginning in verse 19. It says, He shows his word unto Jacob, the children of Israel, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. He has always done that. He's, he's, he's pleaded with his prophets throughout history to try to wake his people up. And verse 20 is the key verse, though. He has not dealt so with any nation, and as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise ye the Lord. Okay, so he's telling you that he has specifically, throughout history, has dealt with 
the children of Israel and all those areas around the world proven by uh, the, the distribution of Bibles in those areas. Um, the most Bible distributions are in those areas that I just mentioned. You certainly don't, you don't have a great Bible distribution in China. You, get, you know, those who believe in Jesus or Yeshua have to hide themselves underground in China. And, of course, in the Arab nations, please, let's not even talk about the, Arab, the Arabs uh, and where they are located around the world. They don't like the Bible. And, and then uh, Russia, certain areas of Russia uh, are communists, and uh, they, they don't allow that. So, come on, a clear picture should be forming here. Now, similar to the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, we have similar characteristics. Uh, Ezekiel 16, verse 49 and 50 describes that. Ezekiel chapter 16, 49 to 50. It says, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and her daughters, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me, therefore I took them away as I saw good. So uh, your, your Bible tells you what the sins of Sodom are. Most people assume it's just homosexuality. It's a lot more than homosexuality, folks. Uh, again, it's pride, fullness of bread. We, we have plenty in those regions around the world. An abundance of idleness was in there. The daughters neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor, and the needy, and you know, sure, we have contributed, uh, and we do help other countries, but it's really particularly talking about our own population, how um, inequality exists, and we have the highest, one of the highest inequalities in the world in our own country. Uh, we have, like in this country, in the United States right now, we have over 50 million, around 50 million people that are dependent on the food stamp program, and 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 they don't don't have enough to eat. And we have the most billionaires in this country. Uh, that should not exist. But that's how stingy we are. That's how it's so difficult to survive in this country um, and, and have all the things that you need at this point for some people, for or quite a few people, I should say. Okay, and to get specific, uh, what Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49 and 50 reveals is that, number one, we have fail to adequately help and care for the poor. Number two, we, we have great pride. Number three, we eat too much because of our obesity problems. Six to seven out of ten people are obese or overweight in this country. Abundance, we have an abundance of laziness. Of course, the television doesn't help. The average American looks at uh, quite a few hours of television every week. Um, uh, we, of course, our movies, we just like to lay around and relax, and just like the commercial, they just show people on the beach just laying around doing nothing. I mean, that, that's that's what we think the life is all about, and, you know, life can be about that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with taking a vacation sometime, but we want to do it too much. And, of course, uh, we're one of the most sexually perverted nations of all time. And so when you put all these characteristics the fact that we are overweight people, six to seven out of ten people are overweight in the United States and around the world in these regions. Um, we have the best resources. We, we, we have, uh, in particular in the United States, uh, we can print money out of thin air, um, <laughs> even if it's not backed up by the silver and gold. Um, we, we, we have um, wall. Wall Street here, when Wall Street uh, sneezes, the whole world sneezes. Um, 
We have the most powerful city in the world, New York City, in, in the United States. Uh, we have uh, the best natural resources in the United States and those other regions. Uh, we have access to the words of God uh, repeatedly all throughout history, even in these end times. God's prophets have, have tried to, to preach his truth to the population, and of course the majority of people have rebelled and, and refused to hear um, the preaching of the prophets. And then, of course, another characteristic was similar to the people of Sodom. All right, and all these characteristics, there's, there's no possible conclusion other than the fact that the Canada, <laughs> United States, the British Commonwealth of Nations, the countries in Northwestern Europe, New Zealand, South Africa, um, Australia, uh, the, the the people of Israel in the Middle East, we all they all fit these characteristics, folks. All right, China does not fit it, uh, with the exception of South Africa. The majority of other African nations don't fit it. Um, Russia doesn't fit it, and 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 Europe, uh, the other parts of Europe, don't fit it either. Okay, so. Um, this this is uh, the easiest way to identify it. Now, to answer the question, because the, the biggest, I, I think one of the biggest problems in not understanding that uh, when you say the 12 tribes of Israel, that it's not referring to just the Jews, is the fact that the majority of people that believe that the Jews are all the 10 tribes, that the, that the Trent tribes came back, and you can easily prove that in, in the book of Ezra, and particularly the first chapter, tells you in detail who came back. Uh, a few of the people of the ten tribes came back, but not all of them. And then it was uh, com commonality during the first century to, to think of the Jews as being all the tribes. I mean, that because all the rest of the tribes were lost. Or not lost, but they were scattered. They were scattered. And people knew that. Josephus knew that. Um, I'm going to uh, quote. Uh, I got this off the internet. Uh, what do uh, um, what do Jewish sources say about the lost ten tribes? What do Jewish sources say about the lost ten tribes? You can type that in. This is from the Torah Driven Life, and um, it says it is commonly believed today that Jewish perception of the lost ten tribes in the northern kingdom of Israel is that they were gradually at some specific point in time reabsorbed into the fold of the Jewish people. That is, that they rejoined the tribes of Judah and Benjamin in the southern kingdom of Judah. Now remember that Levi or Levi is a part of Judah. Uh, that's the assumption. It says, I have a, um, he has combined some quotes here, many of which are borrowed from the studious work of Simon Out. Altaf of Abrahamic faith that show evidence from a truly Jewish perspective that supports quite the opposite, that the ten tribes of the northern kingdom never reunited with Judah, not in a collective way, but were always considered a separate entity in the Jewish reckoning. I'm not going to read all this. I'm going to read the, the significant ones. And then here's the subheading. The ten tribes are separate from the Jews and still exist. The following quotes show from a Jewish perspective that the lost ten tribes were not absorbed into the people called the Jews, Judah and Benjamin, but instead existed somewhere outside of the house of Judah. 
So this is the first quote from Josephus, from the Antiquities of the Jews. Uh, many Jews call him uh, the best uh, historical reference for the first century. It says uh, right here, and this is uh, from Josephus, Antiquities of the Jews, book, um, was it book 11? Oh, actually, um, yeah, book 11, uh, chapter 5.2. It says, there are but two tribes in Asia and Europe, subject to the Romans, while the ten tribes are beyond Euphrates till now and are an immense multitude and not to be estimated by numbers. I actually have, uh, I don't know if this number is uh, correct that he has here, but in Antiquities uh, 11, like, uh, verse 133, it says, uh, and came to Babylon as very desirous of going down to Jerusalem, but then the entire body of the people of Israel remained in that country, Wherefore, there are but two tribes in Asia and Europe. So just two tribes in Asia and Europe. That's how he's talking about the first century, subject to the Romans. So there were just two tribes. Uh, that was uh, Judah, which Levi merged with them, and then Benjamin. While the ten tribes are beyond Euphrates till now, and are an immense multitude and not to be estimated by numbers. So um, more than likely, those tribes knew who they were that, that, that were uh, beyond the Euphrates River. But still, it does not discount the fact that uh, they were not merged in with the other two tribes that were in Asia and Europe. And this is a historical reference for Josephus. Now, here's another quote by Dr. Hertz, the chief rabbi of the British Empire in 1918. He says, The people known as Jews are the descendants of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin, with a certain number of the tribe of Levi. Let me repeat that. The people known as Jews are the descendants of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin, but for a certain number of the tribe of Levi, so far as is known, there is not any further admixture of other tribes. The ten tribes have been absorbed among the nations of the world. The Jews look forward to the gathering of all the tribes at some future date. This is from Dr. Hertz, chief rabbi of the British Empire, 1918. Okay, here's another uh, quote from the Jewish Chronicles, May 22, 1879. While not a link is missing of the historical chain so far as the romance of the House of Judah is concerned, the Israelites who were subjected by Assyrian power disappear from the page of history as suddenly and completely as though the land of their captivity has swallowed them up. The ten tribes are certainly in existence. All that has to be done is to discover which people represent them. This is from the Jewish Chronicles, May 22, 1879. Another quote from the Jewish Quarterly Review, Volume 1, 1988, pages 15 and 17. The captives of Israel exiled beyond the Euphrates did not return as a whole to Palestine along with their brethren, the captives of Judah. At least there is no mention made of this event in the documents at our disposal. In fact, the return of the ten tribes was one of the great promises of the prophets, and the advent of the Messiah is therefore necessarily identified with the epoch of their redemption. Here's another quote. Rabbi Raphael Eisenberg, A Matter of Return, page 138. Until the arrival of the prophet Eliahu and the Messiah, no member of any of the ten tribes shall be accepted for the purpose of marriage into the Jewish people. Uh, the Jewish Encyclopedia, 1905, volume 21, page 249. If the ten tribes have disappeared, they must exist under a different name. Uh, this is uh, from the great Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman, uh, this is um, 1194 to 
well, he lived from 1194 to 1270. It says, Behold, I will recall matter that is expressly mentioned many times in Scripture. It is known that with the return of the exiles under Ezra, only the tribes of Judah and Benjamin return. Here's another quote from Moshe ben Nachman. It says, It has been made quite clear from our study that the only ones who returned from the Babylonian exile were those who belonged to the kingdom of Judah. Those, however, who are termed the house of Ephraim or the house of Israel, meaning the ten tribes are still in exile in Nigeria, these tribes do not have any participants in the second redemption, as I have noted. So Moshe ben Nachman, uh, he lived in 1194 to 1270. Uh, here's another um, quote from Maimonides, uh, another great rabbi. It says, I believe that the ten tribes to be in various parts of Western Europe. And he authored the Mishnah Torah. Okay, so there's more. All right, there's more, but that should be enough, ladies and gentlemen. And Second Kings chapter 17 gives you the background and detail that the house of Israel was removed. The house of Israel was the northern tribes uh, because of Solomon's sin. This is in the Bible. Uh, God separated the, the kingdom of Israel into two houses. You have the house of Judah and the house of Israel. And that separation still exists today. Although it is prophesied that they will be merged back together again, Ezekiel chapter 37 states that in, in reference to the two sticks. So anyway... That is it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you have a clear understanding. There's more information about this that you need to study. But I hope you understand who the children of Israel is. And I hope that um, this helps you in uh, understanding the Bible, in particular the Bible prophecies. May Yah bless and keep you, and God willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an...